0: Always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die When I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry
1: Hi everybody and welcome into the special edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Today, we celebrate the life and times of Black Jack Lanza. Jack Lanza just passed away on the 8th of December. He was 86. Black Jack Lanza was with a longtime tag team partner, Black Jack Mulligan, and they made the tag team the Black Jacks. It's interesting. During the times of the early 1900s all the way to where we are right now in 2021, cowboy movies have always been prevalent. From Matt Dillon to Josie Wales to White Earp to Butch Cassidy to Rooster Cogburn, there's always been cowboy movies. And those cowboy movies turned into wrestlers that wanted to be cowboys as well. Like Stan Delariat Hanson, like Terry and Dory Funk, like Bill Watts, Bob Orton Jr., Cowboy James Storm, The Smoking Guns, JBL, Blackjack Mulligan... And, of course, the late Black Jack Lanza. While this is a special edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, we will look back at the life of Black Jack Lanza. But before we do, I will tell you that wrestling cowboys over the years are as common as the turnbuckles and the ropes to a ring. Because when you had a cowboy, usually that cowboy was a heel. And that person had a big old cowboy hat, wore black, or he had uh, a lariat. Or he had Spurs. There's been so many wrestling cowboys over the years. But the Blackjacks were something totally different. For its time, the Blackjacks were a very rare tag team of not just because they were wearing black, not just because they had hats, but they were just physical and strong. The first time I saw the Blackjacks, I saw them as a kid watching with my grandfather, watching the American Wrestling Association, which was based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I also saw them in the WWA that was based out of Indianapolis with Bob Luce. So between Vern Gagne's wrestling in the AWA and Bob Luce in the WWA, I saw a lot of the Blackjacks. And they were able, the Blackjacks, Lanza and Mulligan, to really make a name for themselves here in the Midwest. And... Before Mulligan and Lanza got together, Lanza had some success as a singles wrestler. He was billed from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and he traveled. He was in St. Louis wrestling uh, Gene Kiniski to a 60-minute draw back in the early 60s, and then came to the American Wrestling Association and wrestled between 1962 and 1979. As I remember, I was a kid watching the AWA at the time, and I saw Lanza, and I saw Mulligan, and they were managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan. As a matter of fact, Bobby Heenan got his start in Chicago because he's from Chicago and wrestled and managed for Vern Gagne's AWA and Bob Luce in the WWA. From there, Lanza went to the Mid Atlantic area in the early 60s and wrestled and competed for Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling. He eventually went through Indianapolis and went to the WWE. And so Lanza debuted in the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, as was called back then, in mid-1973 as Black Jack Lanza. And he would take on opponents like Andre the Giant and Chief J Strongbow and Dean Hole Those were the big names during that time in the early 70s. So then the tag team came together. And again, there were times where the tag team was together. Sometimes they were separate. But what we saw is is a tremendous... Young wrestler named Blackjack Lanza, the big mustache, the black hair. He was ominous when he was in the ring, for sure.
0: sir, Put him away, and here comes the corkscrew. Lanza putting the corkscrew on him. The brain buster, if you will. The brain buster does it, all right. It's like a corkscrew going into your temporal area of your brain or of your skull. Look, he won't let him up. The brain buster lands up putting the corkscrew on him the brain buster if you will the brainbuster does it all right it's my like brain buster does it all right it's like a corkscrew going into your temporal area of your brain or of your skull look he won't
1: let him up the- <laughs> roger kent yelling about the brain buster not the brain buster we know in 2021 but you ever take someone Have someone put their fingers, like their knuckle, into the side of your temple and just kind of just grind it into your temple, messing up your brain. Yeah, that was a finish for Blackjack Lanza at one point uh, in the AWA. And Roger Kent, as you can hear, did not like that back in the days of the AWA. Just envision two big guys, Blackjack Lanza and Blackjack Mulligan, both with big black hats, with big black mustaches, both with black hair, with black boots, and, of course, black tights. And they both had a leather glove on their left hand or in their right hand. But they cut the fingers out of them because that meant that they would put either the brain buster at the time or the claw on their opponents. And, of course, they are managed by pretty boy Bobby Heenan at the time. You talk about a tag team, no one in that era had that kind of size and the ability like the Black Jacks, led by Bobby the Brain Heenan.
0: This will be an Australian tag team match, one fall or a 30 minute time limit. Introducing the Black Jacks, from Sweetwater, Texas, weighing 305 pounds, Black Jack Mulligan, and his partner, from Albuquerque, New Mexico, weighing 301 pounds, Black Jack Lanza. And their most capable manager, the world famous, Bobby Heenan, pretty boy, Bobby Heenan. Introducing their opponents this evening, from Springfield, Ohio, weighing 241 pounds, Jim Grabmeyer, and his partner from Atlanta, Georgia, Weighing 242 pounds, Frankie Adaris, Adaris.
2: A big elbow smash right to the throat. Again, a big elbow smashed by Mulligan. He pulls Grabmeyer up. He has him in the cobra hold. This is a power hold, a cobra hold. That's a form of a sleeper hold. Before Grabmeyer could give up, he made a tag. and uh, Mulligan made a tag. Lanza enters the ring. And he continues the punishment on Jim Grabmeyer. Picks him up in the air. A big body slam. And he slips around, and he also has a cobra hold. A brutal hold. Very painful. And... Grabmeyer is just about out. I believe he is out cold. There's the bell. The match is over. And Lanza and Mulligan are not releasing... They're not releasing the hole. Heenan got in there. The match is over. Pretty boy Bobby Heenan, once again, you have... Well, your team has proved they break every rule. They're a brutal team. Uh, they had the man beat. They could have released the hole. They both put the hold on. Are you up, just the way you train
3: them? Are you up on sayings like the great sayings presidents made and world leaders? Well, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. It's a little too tough for these sissies in there. But here's the ropes. They can step out. They can leave. They don't have to face us. These men are geared to wrestle the best. Now, these are the toughest competition in the Midwest, East, all over. is right here on this TV. So we enjoy working up a sweat on these
4: poor souls. You know, Mr. Mushnick, I want to tell you something. When you're in superb physical condition as we are, there is no mountain too big to climb. We hardly woke up a sweat, worked up a sweat here, and this is an indication to anyone who tries to get in the ring with us, we welcome anyone in the world today. All they have to do, if they got the guts, is to crawl in that ring. And we don't care who they are, Bruiser, Snyder, anybody, we don't care who they are. Listen, Medecker, as it's stated by my partner, at
5: any given time, on his given signal, we can finish any given man, that's including you. Dumb, dumb bruiser thinks he's so smart with the tactics he uses on the matches he tries to get with us. But he's not too sharp, because any time that he wants to wrestle us, we're available. Don't forget it. You
0: know, it's getting quite sickening to beat these fellas like we have absolutely no competition. Ladies
6: I and wish gentlemen, would bring somebody in from Europe to give us some competition. You
2: just heard from Blackjack Lanza, Blackjack Mulligan, and pretty boy Bobby Heenan. And one thing I'd like to add.
1: and It has been your pleasure. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can hear Sam Miniker, uh interviewing and doing the play-by-play as the Blackjacks come out on top of the victory in Indianapolis. And you could hear Lanza first and Mulligan spoke. Then you also heard from Pretty Boy Bobby Heenan at the time. Uh, interesting action at the time. Again, two preliminary wrestlers. And it was just a really a big showcase for the Blackjacks, as I mentioned. For it, their time, again, you talk about some of the two toughest um, cowboys uh, that you'll find in wrestling at that time, the Blackjacks. They were so big and they were box office everywhere they went. Mulligan and Lanza Some thoughts now from Dave Meltzer Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer Gives an overview of the life Of Black Jack Lanza
7: Um, Jack Lanza Was A school teacher who Vern Gagne recruited to wrestle in 1961 for the AWA and um, Kind of a journeyman guy Cowboy Jack Lanza Did okay Um, Was tall kind of a ladies' man dude, you know, a Marlboro man dude. So he was pushed to a degree. And then um, there was a restaurant by the name of Black Jack Daniels, and he took the name Blackjack Lanza when uh, I think it was Dick the Bruiser put him together with Bobby Heenan in Indianapolis. And that was really what made his career was Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan had just started managing. He'd managed a few people before, um, but Lanza was A single star Who went against the Bruiser and Who was the big superstar in Indianapolis And They took it to Chicago It did really big there Heenan, Heenan was fantastic And the Bruiser was not I mean the Bruiser was the Bruiser He was just um, People thought of him as the baddest dude He was like the Brock Lesnar of that era And so um, You know um The Heat was always Heenan. They went to St. Louis. The Bruiser went to Sam Mushnick and and wanted to bring the the feud to St. Louis. Blackjack lands on Bobby Heenan. And uh, Mushnick at first said, like, You know, sure, you know, we'll bring in Blackjack, Lanza, but Sam Mushnick hated managers. And the Bruiser convinced him to bring in Heenan. with He just goes like, Heenan's the heat. You know, Heenan's the one who's going to get over. And the Bruiser and Lanza did really well there. They did big, big business. They had a number of sellouts. Uh, Lanza had sellouts with other people. I think Dory Funk Jr., Jack Briscoe, and others as well. Series of... um, matches with the top guys. So he was a top heel there for several years during a period where St. Louis was really, really hot. And um eventually um what happened was Bob Windham was wrestling as a job guy. but well, not a job, but yeah, essentially a job guy, prelim guy in the AWA. Um I mean they did name him rookie of the year. He was gigantic, you know, a big football player. And, you know, he had seen, you know, he was working in the, you know, openers and Jack Lanzo was in the main event. So um, not sure if it was him who went uh, to Vince, Vince's father, or if um, somebody else came up with the idea. But um, the Grand Wizard, who I, I think it was his first protege when he came to WWWF. Was Blackjack Mulligan, who was Bob Windham, who had never done anything anywhere for the most part, um, you know, just starting his career. And then he started getting pushed as Blackjack Mulligan, total copy of Blackjack Lanza, right? You know, just complete copy. So after that run was over, um, Mulligan and Lanza became a tag team in Indianapolis managed by Bobby Heenan, and they had a big run there. Um, you know, worked with, um, you know, all of the various baby faces there. Um, the big feud was, um, it was, you know, Bruiser and Crusher, you know, Bruiser and Wilbur Snyder. And then the big one was Bruiser and Bruno San Martino. This is between Bruno San Martino's title runs. And Bruiser would bring him into Indianapolis and Detroit. And they'd work with the, with the Blackjacks. I actually saw some of those matches. And, um, I mean, you know. They sounded good on paper. I'll just say that. (laughs)
6: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Madison Square Gardens proudly presents All-Star Heavyweight Wrestling. Introducing the officials for tonight's events, the judges, Nat Cooper, Dick Waring, Joe Ryder. These matches are under the supervision and direction of the New York State Athletic Commission, Mr. Edwin B. Dooley, Chairman. The attending physician, Dr. Edwin Campbell. Timekeeper and at the bell, Vincent Apatello. Referee, referee for this match, Lil Laata. Opening event of the evening, one fall, 20-minute time limit. The principals introducing at 275-pound Albuquerque, New Mexico, here is Black Jack Lozanza. His opponent, 235 Ecuador,
5: Lee Wong. This is Lee Wong's first appearance here in Madison Square Garden in quite some time. Black Jack Lonza has been here before and judged by the reception that he had, apparently wasn't liked too well. Look at the difference of the size of the referee in black Jack Lanza. Knee drop right into the esophagus of Li Wong. Wong goes in the ropes. He's coming off now. And is there with a the claw. That's especially that claw. He applies to the temples of his opponents. Wong is down. He has not conceded as of yet. This is normally a submission hold. Lonza just keeps applying the pressure. Wong appears to be motionless. The referee says that's a signal. Forget it. It's over. Jack Lonza Continuing his winning ways here in Madison Square Garden. And he still has that claw hold applied to Lee Wong. the official word. Time
6: of the match: five minutes, five seconds. The
1: winner, Lanza. Blackjack Lanza goes into Madison Square Garden and boom, wins that match against Lee Wong, called by the great Vince McMahon back in 1976. How about Stone Cold Steve Austin and X Pac? They knew Blackjack Lanza like again. We talk about Lanza's career. And how he was great with the Blackjacks and great as a singles as well, going back to the early 1960s. He wrestled for a long time. But after his career was over, after the territories pretty much dried up in Georgia Championship Wrestling and in the AWA, you know, he retired. And he went to the WWE as a road agent and a producer. And it was great because you saw Lanza and Mulligan both go into the Hall of Fame uh, in 2006. But as I mentioned, Lanza was with the organization for a long time as a producer slash road agent for the WWE. Stone Cold Steve Austin, X-Pac on 12360 with X-Pac on his podcast was talking about a funny story with Blackjack Lanza. My podcast
4: the other day I did a Q and a and that's one of the things that I miss most about the business. You, you miss the, the boys, you miss the adrenaline rush, you miss the crowd, you miss the paychecks, but the smell of that ring, the smell of that mat, is, is just near and dear to my heart. Do you miss the uh, the, the blistering heat that went along with it and trying to catch a breath? <laughs> <I> Dude, remember, <laughs> did you ever work some of those uh, outdoor shows when we were in Bakersfield and Palmsdale? Yeah, or yeah. Rancho Cucamonga in the outdoor baseball stadium and all that. Yeah, it's yeah. so hot, you can't yeah. even get on the ground for a three-count. Yeah. It's like... Dude, I'll, I'll do the favors for anybody, but you know I can't get a third degree burn. No, right? Like you know, like you always hate the quick count. I'm like, hey, quick count this mm-hmm. some bitch. Just get it over. We were at, we were one of those uh, outdoor stadiums in my like my first run w, w my first tour like the house show tour where I got my eyebrows shaved. All that. Anyways, one of them was Rancho Cucamonga, and Jack Lanza was the agent, and he had the, the shoe polish was bubbling on the top of his head, man, <laughs> like legit. It was great. It was running down yeah. the side and everything, plus Jack Lanza's heart. Well, speaking of Jack Lanza, because Minnesota, Minnesota, yeah. I called him last deer season to check in on him, and we talked for about an hour, and I know he, he was very important to you. He yes. helped me out so much. He was one of those old-school guys that took an interest in me, he was kind of my go-to agent back in the day. So Lanza was classic, and, dude, he you're talking about one of the boys. Yes, he was. Yeah, through and through as an agent, even, yeah, even yeah. one of the boys. Yeah, if you had a, yeah, if you had a good story when you showed up late, you, you were yeah, all right. Yeah. You weren't getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> it could be any number of stories on and all is good. Yeah, it's not good, well.
1: As I mentioned, there was Blackjack Lanza, the wrestler, and of course, Blackjack Lanza, the road agent for the WWE. So, Bully Ray teamed with Dave LaGreca on XM's Busted Open, and they got a hold of JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield. Now, what does John Bradshaw Layfield have to do with uh, Blackjack Lanza? Well, Lanza was the agent, and he was the eyes and ears for uh, Vince McMahon, Uh, In the WWE, you know, Vince McMahon doesn't go to every show. He goes to Raws and Smackdowns and all the major shows, but he's not on the road with the squad, with the roster, every single city. But Lanza was for a very long time. They share some stories of Blackjack Lanza and what he meant to that locker room, especially during the Attitude Era.
3: You know, Jack was an amazing guy, Bubba, as you know. I've never seen anybody say anything bad about Jack. You know, everybody, you look at all of the people that are putting out tweets and stuff about Jack from all different walks of, you know, every different ideology, everything. They all say Jack was a mentor and a friend. I mean, there was just nobody that said anything bad about Jack. You know, Jack was a real tough guy. He was a man's man. But he had a way of dealing with every single person on the roster where – Literally, he was everybody's friend and mentor. It was an incredible uh, person. He was the right person for Vince McMahon to have in that position. Probably the most important person in the company, other than Vince McMahon, was Jack Lanza.
7: You know, we were talking about earlier that not everybody who can perform at a Hall of Fame level can be a mentor, can be a teacher. Uh, he seemed as as great as he was in the ring, John probably even better outside the ring, being able to be a, a teacher to a lot of the younger wrestlers and another generation of wrestlers.
3: Yeah, it's a real talent, Dave, it's, and you're right. You know, Great players don't always make great coaches. You know, it's, just, it's a unique thing in people that make great coaches, irrespective of their talent in the sport itself. And Jack was one of those guys. He never overproduced anything. It was just always, hey, let me have a talk with you. And he would fit, give you an idea. And it was always, hey, why don't you try something like this? And then you would think about it yourself, and you would come back with it, and then you would tell Jack, okay, I think that works. Let me try this. And then Jack would give you the green light to go ahead and try it. It was just a really unique way Jack had of mentoring people and bringing up especially young talent.
1: And John, when you talk about Jack being the right guy for the job, you know the boys in our locker room back de- back then—it's like, you know,
7: it, it was
1: like a cage full of lions, and you need that one you know, lion tamer to be able to control everybody. And Jack had such a great control and grasp of the locker room. I was telling Dave earlier that you, you didn't want to show up late. You didn't want to do the right thing by Jack because you appreciated him so much and you wanted to show in the proper respect. And if you showed up late, he would just kind of look at his watch, point down at his watch, and that's all he had to do.
3: And you knew that you didn't want to make Jack mad. Yeah, you wanted Jack's approval. Everybody did. You know, it's a unique thing. You know, Vince McMahon is like that as well. You know, people that, that work with Vince, you know, they, they talk about the times that Vince pulled him aside and said, Hey, that was a really good job. You know, how much it meant to him. Jack was very much the same way. It's just something that I think you're born with that ability to be able to handle that. And you're right, man. We had the Warrior, we had Piper. We had the Road Warriors. We had all the clicks. the BSK. Jack could handle everybody incredibly easily. And remember during that time, you know, it was the Wild West in these arenas. So you had Jack Lanza, who was running the, the arena show, and you had Tim White, who was running the payroll. Because, you know, every arena had almost two sets of books. You had your cash books. Then you had the books that you would show the WWE for the split. Those two guys took care of Vince McMahon incredibly. And... Remember, you know, Bub, you know this very well. The report that goes back to Vince McMahon, that is the eyes and ears, and that's the only eyes and ears he has. So he has to know 100% that he's getting a report that's unbiased, that doesn't favor one person or another. And that all comes from Jack because, you know, it's not like a season where you put 13 shows together and and you're stuck in, in what you're doing. We have four to five live events every single week. We know what's working and we know what isn't, and Jack Lanza was the one that was the eyes and ears events.
4: You want to know about the blackjacks? Oh, it's <laughs> 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 time. Ever stepped into the ring, black glove. Anyone gets in their way, the black claw, they're not gonna like it. Winning at all costs. That's all that matters. Blackjacks.
7: All right, again, hard and fast. Don't say I didn't warn
1: you. <laughs> when you saw the Blackjacks, Lanza and Mulligan come down to the ring like I did as a kid at the International Amphitheater in Chicago, they were bigger than life. You saw those black hats, you saw them use a claw, they were mean, they had the mustaches, they were bad guys. As I mentioned, there's been so many cowboys in professional wrestling. Hell, there's an AEW champion right now that says he's a cowboy, and Adam Page. There's a cowboy, James Storm. The lineage of cowboys over the years, from Ron Bass to Black Bart, and so many in between, have had hats on and really... I believe it's all an homage to the Blackjacks, Lanza and Mulligan, because they made so much money with that gimmick and they'll never be forgotten. Rest in peace, Black Jack Lanza, not only in the ring, but out of the ring, making a huge impact on professional wrestling.
8: The WWE is saddened by the passing of Hall of Famer Jack Lanza. A true man's man with a decorated career spanning nearly three decades. When I get the black claw on that big head of yours, you're going down on your knees begging for mercy. Lanza was best known as a member of the legendary tag team, the Black Jacks. Under the tutelage of manager Bobby the Brain Heenan, the rugged Texas Rule Breakers would capture tag team championships in the AWA, NWA, and WWE. After retiring from the squared circle, Lanza worked behind the scenes in WWE, passing on his wealth of knowledge for the industry and becoming a mentor for future Hall of Famers. Jack Lanza's contributions both in and out of the ring are immeasurable. He will forever be One of the most respected and beloved members of the WWE family.